on today's show. We want to take a stroll down memory lane. For those of us who grew up in the province of Ontario, maybe attended high school here in the past 25 years or so, myself included, I grew up in the small town of Almont, that's just west of the city of Ottawa, and I remember entering high school about, you know, the age of 13, about to start grade 9, faced with some tough decisions, right? It's a daunting time, and trying to decide, first and foremost, whether I should grow a soul patch, a little peach fuzz on the bottom of my chin. I was an early bloomer, so I had an advantage in that regard at the risk of oversharing. Uh, and I did actually, uh, you know, if you were curious, decide to move forward with the soul patch and kept it for years that followed. Far, far, far too long, according to my wife. But I was also heading into grade nine faced with another decision, uh, the gravity of which I didn't really appreciate at the time. Whether to sign up for classes in high school in course subjects such as math and science that fell into one of two categories. You had to choose academic or applied. Now, academic courses were said to be more theoretical in nature, more meant for students that were bound for university after high school. Applied courses were said to be more practical, more hands-on, more better suited for college students of the future. Now, like most 13-year-olds, I really did not fully appreciate that that decision potentially represented a crossroads in my life and the lives of so many other students right across this province. We have seen reports and research from universities such as York University, the Toronto District School Board, the OECD, the provincial government, showing us that students who take applied courses fare far worse in the future. So applied math, for example, they're less likely to be successful on their EQAO provincial tests, less likely to graduate, less likely to go on to any form of post-secondary education. And the students also in applied courses showed a relationship between the neighborhood income, the neighborhood they lived in, and the color of their skin. In fact, in the TDSB, black students were twice as likely as white students to find themselves in applied courses. And the reason, according to many black parents, is that they were pushed in that direction, encouraged to move their students into the applied stream. And that was the case of one black mother of two students who we spoke with, Kadeen Bakasin. Have a listen. What we're just finding is that you go into the school environment to ask these questions uh, to get the right type of guidance that's expected and just find that instead what you are meeting are just these very standard roadblocks. Okay, well, these are the only options that are available for you, uh, just based on what's written in the reports, based on your child's history. This is what we're suggesting and recommending. Uh, beyond that, they, if you are seeking options beyond what they're offering to you, then you just find that you're met with... Um, standard okay well this is all that's available right now um you know it's very competitive and what we are trying to do is set your child up to be successful but successful under whose and what's terms so this week the ontario government announced that we've had enough and that streaming will end for all grade nine students although it won't be fully implemented this year it's expected next year so 2021 and to discuss this more, we are joined on the line now by a high school teacher here in the province of Ontario, Ronak Chaudhry, who's also an inclusion consultant who joins us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Ronak, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us about this. Good afternoon. So what was your reaction to the announcement there from the Ontario government? 
I am actually really happy to hear that de-streaming is coming into place. Um, in the TDSB and a couple of boards in Ontario, it's already started. Uh, it started this year. Some schools have started last year. Um, I think it's a wonderful idea. I think historically, you know, racialized, marginalized English language learners, students from social, you know, lower socioeconomic, like you had mentioned earlier, tend to get pushed into the applied level classes. Um, and then as a result, they stay in that stream. Uh, originally, when applied level courses were created, it was the idea that it would be a bridge to the academic to, you know, allow students to have full choice of post-secondary options. What ended up happening is students who got put into applied, stayed in applied, and were never really encouraged or allowed to move on. And as a result, many students, when they graduated, didn't graduate with, you know, the full choice of post-secondary options. And like you had mentioned earlier, if you look at the statistics behind it, it tends to be a certain type of student who got pushed into those programs. So to bring in de-streaming is, is a great, great idea, but you can't just de-stream without putting more funding in. You know, you can't say, okay, you know, now we come into high school, we're removing all the barriers, all the walls are coming down, everyone's in the same class, and yet we're going to take money out of education, we're going to increase class size, we're going to reduce stu- um, staff support. We're not going to hire literacy support teachers or numeracy support teachers. We're not going to hire more English language um, teachers and so on and so forth. We're not going to provide more training for teachers as to how to bring in things like anti-racist education, culturally relevant, responsive you know, pedagogy. You know, just to say that we're going to de-stream, it, we're setting ourselves up for failure. Right, and it's an interesting point because, uh, you know, since this decision was announced, we have heard from teachers, um, most of whom not wanting to go on, you know, join us on the program here, but who are concerned about this move because they say, you know, a lot of teachers already at a breaking point, um, you know, and that and that this sets them up to have create new challenges with, with kids who have different abilities, different strengths in the same classroom. Absolutely, and... How do you bring in all these students who really are diverse learners? Every child learns in their own way, whether, you know, they're historically applied or academic. You know, we as teachers, we want to build relationships with our students. We want to build relationships with our parent communities. We want to make sure that we communicate openly. But when you take funding away, when you increase class size, when you take away professional development, when you take away, um, you know, staff support, student support in the classroom, and then just tell teachers here, we're going to de-stream, but we're not going to give you any extra supports. You know, we're actually setting up our kids for failure. And that's the issue is that, you know, applied level and the, and the streaming process, we, sh- we saw historically there were issues. We know this. But when you, you can't just say, okay, everybody into the sandbox, we're going to remove the walls, and then everyone's going to do fine. We're not going to do fine. And that's the part that I think people really need to remember is that students can learn. We must have high expectations. We must maintain high expectations. You know, we need to change the curriculum to to reflect the students that we have, you know, have the culturally relevant pedagogy, you know, center anti-racist education to everything that we do, you know, teach and and assess in a way where we're we're not um, product-driven, but we're we're process-driven. But having said that, we still need the money in education to be able to support teachers, to be able to support our students. Right. So if we stop streaming without that extra funding, what do you expect the outcome will look like? 
Well, it's gonna it's it's gonna be a, a really great challenge. And what's gonna happen is statistics are then gonna show the students who were struggling, you know, coming into high school, if they're not given the extra support and the teachers aren't being shown and taught how to teach these students, you know, we're gonna have higher rates of, you know, failure in EKO, failure rates. You know, the difference between high school and elementary is in elementary, even if you don't pass a course, you move on to the next grade. In high school, you will fail the subject. And so that's where, you know, we're going to see failure rates going up. And then as a result, I suspect that, you know, things like suspension and expulsion and all of those things, behavior issues will start to rise. And we know that it'll most likely happen in the racialized and the marginalized communities. Um, you know, so it's, it, we're setting ourselves up for failure, really, and really failure for our kids. You know, if we want what's best for our kids, we have to put the money, you know, behind our words. This streaming policy, I think, has has existed in this province for about a quarter of a century. Ontario, the last province, the last only one in town, only one in the country, still using this streaming policy. What took the province so long to take this step, do you think, as, as a teacher who, you know, who's working there on the front lines? You know, I, I don't. I don't fully know. I don't know the history behind it, to be honest. I do think that, um, as you know, it's something that has been discussed for a long time. I think that you know the de-streaming was something that we really should have been looking at um, from you know in the in the courses like history and geography, and then bring in the literacy and numeracy. I think de-streaming should have been something that really should be discussed from the child from the time a child enters school. You know, when we take um, individual education plans or IEPs and we modify them, we're modifying them to lower grades. So when a child is coming into high school and they've been modified to maybe, say, a grade six level, and then all of a sudden you're being put into an academic level English class, you know, you're going from, you know, expectation of grade six curriculum to grade nine curriculum. And so, you know, a lot of things should have happened a long time before. I think Ontario, you know, being slower to it, you would hope that maybe they would learn from the other provinces. I'm not sure if they have, um, but, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm glad that streaming is happening, but it needs to be done thoughtfully and it needs to be done well. Ronak Chowdhury, a high school teacher here in the province of Toronto, special education inclusion consultant. Uh, Ms. Chowdhury, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate your perspective on this. Thank you.